Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Stuart Leahy is the founder of Yorkshire Powerhouse, an organisation that helps small businesses in a number of ways, including organising networking events for them. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Stuart. Oh, I'm excited about this. Let's go. (laughs) Now, Stuart, I had a little look at your um, LinkedIn profile before the recording, and uh, your name on there is Stuart Powerhouse Leahy. So why Powerhouse? Is that a name given to you or one that you've given yourself? Yes. Uh, (laughs) To to, to not answer your question accurately, it's a bit of both. Um, uh, So... I've studied marketing for 30 years now, mm. uh, initially academically and, and then for the last 25 years as a, a doer. And um, the, the concept of personal branding and uh, manipulating your personal brand to create awareness and, and improve your brand awareness is something that I find fascinating. Um, and personally, when I when I sort of looked at putting the word powerhouse in the middle of my actual name, I, I just felt quite sick about it. I, I just <laughs> thought it was awful. And that the minute I did it, I would be lambasted by people telling me what an idiot I am. Um, and it took me ages to, to summon up the nerve to do it, actually. Um, mm. But I, I, I sort of knew I should uh, for all the sort of logical marketing reasons. Uh, because the business name is Yorkshire Powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, and you go, OK, everyone knows the, the the word powerhouse is a really interesting name and it comes with a lot of very positive connotations and I thought oh damn it I'll I'll, I'll do it so I, I stuck the powerhouse in there uh, and then sort of hid behind the sofa and waited for all the uh, abuse and no one said a word yeah and you go oh okay that that was much more pleasant than I was expecting um, and I wouldn't have even minded if I got a lot of abuse because at, at the end of the day you're still getting noticed and yeah. that's part of the deal. So, yeah, it, it, I've stuck with it ever since. And actually, I, I haven't had to justify it for a little while. So it's nice to get that uh, as a question. <laughs> well, I think, it's a, I think it's a great name for you, Stu. I think it suits you down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a certain reputation uh, that is not known for meekness or shyness. <laughs> so tell me a bit more about Yorkshire Powerhouse and, and what the company does. Right. Um the, the essence of it is I um, I kind of retired from commercial existence five years ago. So I used to run a designer marketing agency uh, and I, I'd come to the end of my time with that and I was very lucky the guys that worked for me decided to buy me out rather than me selling to a, mm. uh, an external person. So I, I retired and I, I looked at retirement and went, hang on a minute, I'm, I, I cannot play golf and I'm <laughs> terrible at gardening. I need something to do. Uh, and so I, I sort of thought about what I was capable of doing and what I perhaps would enjoy doing and what I was skilled at doing. Mm. And, and um, providing straight-talking Yorkshire-style business advice is something I've done for a long time in a commercial capacity uh, at that point. And you think, yeah, why not? I, uh, let's create something to try and give back a little bit to the community in Yorkshire and try and do some positivity because... I. I find the the lack of support, especially for micro businesses and startup businesses, mm-hmm. I I get frustrated by it. Um, 
And I know all the support agencies claim that they're doing their bit, but they're really not. They, they do very little for that community. They're, they're interested if you're going to employ 20 people in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. But beyond that, they kind of don't care about you. Um, whereas I do, and I think they should too. So it's in part, it's a campaigning thing, but not a very hard one because I, I don't have the, the, the heart for it. Um, in truth, I just want to help small businesses uh, who are looking to grow or expand themselves or startup businesses who just want to survive is, yeah. is, is part of the deal. And I, I just want to help them out and, and share some of the stuff that I've learned over the years and, and try to create a platform that helps them do the right things and avoid some of the pitfalls that, unfortunately, some of us who have been in business for a while have fallen into. Yeah. Um, and then where it's appropriate, introduce uh, small businesses who need a bit of help to good quality suppliers who can support them and, and who specialise in supporting the SME sector. So it, it is there for that. Um, it's not there for my commercial gain. It's not there for my ego. If you look at the website, you'll struggle to find my name anywhere. Um, although on LinkedIn, of course, it, I am front and centre. Uh, but on the actual website where it gets the bulk of the traffic... It's not about me. It's about helping those micro businesses just become stronger and more professional and better. Yeah. Because if we can do that and if we can help a few of them just do it better, everybody gains. You know, the whole community wins. Yeah. Yeah. So what kinds of specific help, advice, support are you able to provide for small businesses? Well, there's a there's there's quite a few areas. So one of the most common things I find when someone's thinking of setting up a business. We'll talk, we'll, I'll separate it out with pre-starts and then established businesses. Mm-hmm. So if someone's a pre-start business, um, the, the most sensible thing I can do for them is to be miserable with them. <laughs> and I mean that in a most positive way. Um, the, the, the challenge you got, when you set up your own business, you talk to your friends and your family and they just want to support you and tell you you're amazing and, and what a great idea it is. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you need someone, and I, I'm willing to be that stooge, to actually say, do you know what? I think you need to work on that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, now, that advice can be nuanced. It can be that they've got a great idea, but it's in their head. And that's not good enough, because when you then want to go and get some work done, say a website designed or a, a logo created, or you need to talk to an accountant about supporting your business... If it's all in your head, then every time you tell it, it's going to change a little bit and it's not quite precise mm-hmm. and you lose some of the information. It's a bit like Chinese whispers. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm grumpy and I say, look, I don't want to do anything with you. I don't want to give you any advice unless you've actually got a written document. And they go, oh, but it's all in my head. And you go, no, it's, <laughs> it's no use in your head. It needs to be written down on paper because the process of doing that itself is positive for you because it makes you really think about your business and it might help you understand where there's some some errors and some issues um so there's a bit of that but then i try and help by saying hey let me give you a really good quality business plan template and let me give you a cash flow forecast and let me give you a a marketing plan template and let me give you all the tools needed to create the most incredible business plan yeah and i do it all for free yeah so uh, that that's step step one, as it were, for me is to try and stop people getting excited about a business when they haven't planned it properly. Mm. 
The same kind of logic applies to an established business that maybe is struggling to grow or is actually just struggling. Um, if, if they're just struggling, let's say cash flow is a problem and they're struggling to collect payments or they're struggling to create sales, then the first question I've got for them is, have you got a written plan? Have you yeah. got it documented? Have you, you know, have you actually got a strategy in place? And nine times out of ten, they haven't. In fact, yeah. it's, it's probably 99 times out of 100 they haven't. And so, again, with my sort of miserable, grumpy Yorkshire face, <laughs> I go, you've got to put a plan together. You know, you can't get yourself out of it without one uh, because the, the, the writing of a business plan or a business strategy is the same as putting a destination into your sat-nav. If you just drive your car without a destination and you, you sort of allow sat-nav to tell you where to go, you'll never get anywhere because it's not got a destination. And the same is true of a business. You have to work out where you want to take it. Then you can create a plan and a, a series of actions that will get you there and you will know if you've gone off course so that you can make a, a, a modification and bring yourself back on course. Yeah. Uh, and so... It's really boring, it's really grumpy, because everyone knows they should do it, but of course they don't want to do it because yeah. it's in the head. Yeah. You know? and, and there's the, the sort of the challenge and the opportunity all in the same wrapper. Yeah. And I think, you know, all those things you just just described, cash flow, cash flow, I've got to get this right cash flow forecast. I think you've got my teeth. <laughs> and um, your business plans and so on. If you're new in business you've never run a business before you don't even know about that kind of stuff unless you've done business yeah. at school which you know hardly anybody has no, so but also, you know yeah, having someone like studies, you to to, to, to start yeah. people from the right direction is brilliant yeah but i i, I uh, again you've got me you're you're ticking all my frustration boxes um i think business studies should be taught as a compulsory thing it, because if you teach business studies by the very virtue of that, you're teaching numeracy and literacy mm -hmm. and, you know, thoughtful process and, and planning. And it, it's, a, it's such an all encompassing subject. Um, you, you are also right that unless you've been taught how to run a business, it's not a natural thing because we're not taught it. And uh, one of the, the, the great questions I get. I get people ring me up and they're really nervous. And I go, you know, hi, how can I help? And they go, oh, look, I'm trying to do a business plan. I go, brilliant. You know, I'm, I'm delighted that you're doing the plan. That's the most important bit. And they go, what's a SWOT analysis? Mm -hmm. Now, a SWOT analysis is a really basic thing. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Yeah. And when you understand it and you put it into the matrix and you just draw it all up, it makes perfect sense. But if no one's ever bothered to explain that to you and you've not got a template to fill in... It makes absolutely no sense yeah. when you just come across the thing that says, where's your SWOT analysis? Yeah. Um, and it could be as simple as that or it could be as complex as, I mean, a, a brilliant error I made in my very first business, which I'm going back, oh my Lord, 30 odd years now. Um, I did what I thought was a cash flow analysis uh, or forecast. I, I put it all together. I was very pleased with myself. You know, I was the... Uh, I was the, the, the new entrepreneur on the scene. You know, I was going to take the world by storm. And I was very lucky. I sat down with someone who was much more clever than I was. Uh, and he said, it's all very nice, but you haven't allowed for VAT. And I went, what? And, and he says, well, you, you, need, you haven't allowed for the flow of VAT because in theory, every three months, you're going to have to analyse your books, work out how much VAT you've collected, how much VAT you've, you've spent, and pay the difference to HMRC and mm. you haven't allowed for it. And I, 
I, I felt like a prize chump <laughs> because I just knew instantly that I knew nothing about cash flow forecasting. Um, and I learned a lot that day and I've, I've learned ever since, you know, you never stop learning. Yeah. Now, I know that one of the things you have as part of the Yorkshire powerhouse is your directory. So who's yeah. in it? What kind of businesses? Are they all in Yorkshire? Tell me about that. They have to have an interest in Yorkshire or they're not allowed in. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing, because the, when I was putting the, the, the whole project together, I, I, I sort of recognised there had to be a geographic boundary and, and the UK was too big. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Huddersfield was too small uh, where I live. And I go, well, what do I make the boundary? Do I make it West Yorkshire? Do I make it the whole of Yorkshire? And I, I picked the whole of Yorkshire being it, it's a really big region. Um, it's got hundreds of thousands of businesses in it so therefore it's, it, it's got all the volume you could ever need um but it's still constrained by geography in that you know i can get anywhere in yorkshire within two hours and that's fine mm-hmm. um so the principle of the directory is uh, a i want quality people in there uh, who are there and able to help serve sme businesses small and medium-sized enterprises um with whatever it is they might need so it's mainly made up of what I call the service sector. So yeah. accountants, solicitors, graphic designers, web designers, uh, business coaches, consultants, that kind of thing. And uh, the, the people that are in it, in principle, pay a, a small contribution to the project. And that contribution is what funds the marketing that I do. That, yeah. So I spend thousands of pounds a month on Google Paperclip. Uh, to drive the traffic onto the site, to distribute the help and support that we can offer. Um, so it's a very virtuous circle. And as a result, on every page of the site, uh, when someone visits, on the left-hand side is the content, and on the right-hand side, there are listees from the directory shown randomly. Uh, and the idea is, you just never know who you're going to see. Mm. Uh, so I'm looking at my homepage at the minute. I've got a, a, a consultant who deals with... Um, ISO certification, I've got a debt collector, I've got someone who, who deals with equity release, I've got a networking organisation. They're all there um, and they're all promoting their services and, and are, uh, providing their, their services to the visitors of the site. So um, I do a little bit of quality control. So when someone submits their listing to the site, I do check them out and I make sure that they're credible uh, because we, we don't want... Um, unreputable organisations being represented on mm-hmm. the site. We, we've got a quality standard that we want to work with. Um, so we check people out. We make sure that we, we like what they do and, and we feel that they're credible. Uh, and then we promote the heck out of them. And, and therein is the economic engine to provide the, the marketing of the site. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I know one of the other things that you do is is networking. I think you and yeah. I met at a four networking meeting, oh, actually. We did. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago now, wasn't it? <laughs> in the uh, the days before. <laughs> yeah, face-to-face networking That's when right. we weren't all digitally connected. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, with COVID, networking changed. And there are a lot of people, and I'm going to call them old school, uh, who believe that face-to-face is best. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of in, I've got one boot in that camp. Um Face-to-face networking, where, where you get 20 or 30 people to meet in a room and you all shake hands and you all share a coffee and you all tell each other what you do, it's a lovely thing. Um, and then, of course, COVID came along and it said, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. 
because it's a super spreader event. And, mm. he, and, and for all the right reasons, face-to-face networking had to stop. Yeah. Um, now, frustratingly, I had just started offering face-to-face networking <laughs> uh, that I call powerhouse networking for all the obvious reasons. Um, and I'd just started offering it three months before COVID. And you're going, oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so I had to very quickly think what I wanted to do with the networking. And I took a view on it and went, oh, do you know what? There's this online thing called Zoom that I'd never come across or never used prior to, mm. to that point. And I thought, let's have a look at it and work it out. And, I, I, and I'm an old school networker. So I'm, especially two years ago, you know, when the COVID thing started coming about, I was definitely an old school networker that, that absolutely believed the only way you could do it was face to face. Yeah. And, um, I looked at Zoom and I went, this is really interesting. And then I looked at what other people were doing in Zoom. Uh, and I found it fascinating because a lot of them were doing it really badly. Um, because they'd simply taken their normal script for an in-the-room face-to-face yeah. meeting and um, shoved it onto a yep. digital platform. And of course it doesn't work. It's, a, it's an entirely different sort of way of, of people communicating with each other. Um, and the, the challenge with Zoom networking is it's you get 20, 20 or 30 faces on your screen, but you can't all talk at the same time because you crash the audio. Yep. Um, and, and so you have to go, it's not the same. And if it's not the same, you have to think it through from the beginning again and start over. So that's what I did. And I, I created a whole new script and a whole new agenda and a whole new way of doing it. And essentially what we've ended up with is, is a very tight one-hour uh, session where we get 20 or 30 people together, uh, and within an hour, uh, everybody gets to do a one-minute presentation of their business to each other. Yeah. Uh, two people get to do five-minute educational slots on top of their one-minute elevator pitch. Uh, so we get two educational speakers who provide business educational content of some sort, or business advice of some sort. Um and we even have a three-minute tea break halfway through because <laughs> the reality of Zoom networking is it's ever so easy to be distracted because a notification's come up on your, your computer yeah, to say you've yeah. got an email. And so I, I put a three-minute tea break in to say, hey, look, just stay in the room for 30 minutes because in 30 minutes' time, you can go and check your emails and, and kick the dog or, or homeschool <laughs> the children or whatever else you've got to do. But So you get three minutes to then not be in the meeting before we then come back and do the second half of the session. And um, I found that that format, keep it short, keep it sharp, keep it really simple. And then at the end of the meeting, just share a, a, an attendance list with everyone who's been there with, with their name and a contact um, uh, URL for LinkedIn. So I always use LinkedIn as the sort of central platform for it. Uh, it's turned into a really clean format. And actually to the point now where I'm... I'm under pressure to revert to face-to-face meetings from some old schoolers. Mm. And I'm going, mm, I'm not sure I want to. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's a, a colossal benefit to going to old school networking. Um, uh, there's a lot of downsides of the face-to-face. Everyone's got to sit in a car for an hour to get yep. somewhere. Yeah. You know, you, you lose all that time. You lose all that frustration. Um, you've then got to sit in a car to get back to wherever you're going next. And, ah, oh, is it... It's a very inefficient way of, of networking a business, whereas Zoom is a really brilliant way of, of, in one hour, meeting 20 or 30 people, 
getting to know them a little bit and then connecting to them afterwards and having a great time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a convert. <laughs> so your networking events, are they just for people in Yorkshire or for people who do business in Yorkshire? Yes. <laughs> I've done it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in a way, they have to have an interest in Yorkshire. So, again, I, I, I don't have a... Uh, if they're vaguely local, that's the kind of point of it. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in someone in London coming networking at one of my meetings unless they have a legitimate reason to be in Yorkshire. Uh, so I am trying to keep the Yorkshireness of it because that's the sort of catch that I've got, as it were. That's yeah. my brand is Yorkshireness. So uh, I want to keep that. Uh, so if the, if I get a booking and I see an address that isn't in Yorkshire, uh, I mean, a if it's near Yorkshire, you let them, you let it go. Uh, but if it's miles away from Yorkshire, the first thing I do is I pick the phone up and I say, what's your interest in Yorkshire? Yeah. You know, just tell me why you want to come to the, a Yorkshire powerhouse networking meeting. Um, and as long as there's a good reason, then I, I, I allow them in. If they can't give me a good reason, I just very politely decline them and, and give them the money back because I want the Yorkshireness to come through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've been to a few of your meetings and I'm I'm in North Lincolnshire, but let's not yeah. talk about that. <laughs> we, we, we squeeze you in accordingly. I'm yeah. just just over the border. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah. You what, what, I, what I've noticed is what I've noticed from the, the meetings that I've been to. You've got you've got some people who are like your core membership who are there all the time. What what do you think they're getting out of it that makes them want to keep coming time and time again? <laughs> um, oh, I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> right, I'm I'm not quite going to answer your question in the way you want me to. <laughs> Uh, one one thing I do from time to time, I, I do a two-hour session where I, I do a little bit of just consultancy with people or coaching. Uh, and one of the... I either do it on marketing as a, a theory, you know, you know, marketing strategy, or I do it on networking. And the networking one, uh, one of the messages that I try to get across in that is that networking works when you do it regularly. Yeah. Uh, if you come once in a blue moon, and, and literally it's once in a blue moon, you you aren't going to pick up the word of mouth referrals that you actually really want. Um, the regulars have worked it out and gone, I know I've got to be in that room every single time or as, as frequently as I can because I'm going to become an established person and I'm going to be recognised and let's say that I'm an accountant and I'm there all the time as an accountant. And I'm talking about reducing your tax and improving your profits. Then the second someone who's come across me and sees me on a regular basis goes, do you know what? I think I'm paying too much tax. I'll have a word with Stuart. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how networking works. Yeah, it is. It is not generally a short term game. It is a long term, um, slow deliberate process that takes that repetition and that brand building for it to have any effect um and i mean if you look at other networking models they all try to encourage that so you yeah. look at bni the biggest network in the world um when you join a bni group you have to be in that meeting every single week. Yeah. You're not allowed to miss. If you're yeah. going to miss one because you're on holiday, you have to send someone in your place. You know, they're really strict about it. And that's for all the right reasons, because they recognise that if you're not a regular, you're going to lose 
some of the, the benefit of your membership. Yeah. So they, and it's their model, I, I don't work that way, but they do and, and good on them for doing so. They're kind of forcing their members to absolutely be at every single meeting. Now, the difference that I'm offering is there's no membership. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing it for commercial gain, so therefore I'm not trying to take a, an upfront fee. I don't charge hundreds of pounds just for you to join. You only pay for a meeting that you attend, and it's it's as simple as that. So uh, if you if you book on and you pay your fee, and it, you know it's like five or ten quid depending on on whether you're in the directory or not, um, and you pay your fee, you come network and you get a list at the end, and and then it's up to you to do with what you will. There's no upfront fee. There's no ongoing commitment, and so that's I like that because what I end up with is a nice mix of people. Some of whom are there at every meeting, many of whom are frequently at the meetings, and many of whom have never been before. I've only been once in a blue moon, and so you get a really interesting mix of people because of that. Yeah, and how how often do you hold them, Stuart? Uh, fortnightly so I, I alternate between a Thursday and a Friday to try and keep them as inclusive as and, and accessible as I can so um, in one month I do one Thursday meeting and roughly speaking two weeks apart one Friday meeting yeah uh, and that's how it rolls and it, it's it, it's just very steady and very calm you know and we just try and keep a nice regular flow of meetings so if people want to come and try out a meeting where do they find you, Stuart? Uh, so they can either come via the Yorkshire Powerhouse website, which is yorkshirepowerhouse.com, or there is a dedicated website for the networking, uh, which is powerhousenetworking.co.uk. Nearly got it wrong there. Uh, so, yeah, and that's it. Either way, you'll, you'll come across the message about Powerhouse Networking, and when you click on the link, you'll find all the information you could need. Lovely. Thank you very much, Stuart, and uh, best of luck with Powerhouse Networking going forward. It's, it Thank seems you. we've gone from, from strength to strength since you started it, and I'm sure it's going to continue to do so. No, that's very kind of you, Liz, and uh, it's always lovely when you can make it as well. You know, the, the meetings are, are better when people are in them. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, the more we can drive them, the, the more everybody gets out of them, and that's the whole point of the meetings. Lovely. Thank you, Stuart. Lovely to chat. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.